Warning, the following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. For the honor of Welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. I am your host, Evan Goldstein. With me, as always, is the wonderful Karen Randazzo. Marmista will what? And the amazing Chris Randazzo. I'm here to inspect all the things. We here on this week's episode talk television. This week was Karen's pick. She chose She-Ra and the Princesses of Power, Season 1, Episode 9, No Princess Left Behind. But before we get into that, here's your weekly reminder that you can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com. Tell us what we're doing right. Tell us what we're doing wrong. Suggest a show. We will most likely watch it. So, Karen. Hi. You, I, I, I'm going to let you know that I watched all I, I watched all the way up to episode nine. Like I, I, I felt the necessity to watch the backstory and I, I feel like it was the correct thing to do. What's well, the correct thing to do because it's a good show? <laughs> yes, but if I was, to, I feel like if I was to jump right into this, I, I don't think I would have had the same feels. I um, guess possibly not. Um, um, part of why I picked this is you're right. You would miss certain things without, uh, without the backstory. Watching this episode, but at the same time. It is a pretty good standalone adventure. Like, mm-hmm. no, do you know what's going on in the beginning? No. Do they explain it within the first 30 seconds? Yes. Enough for you to get it. Right. And you get an introduction or you get to see every character that has pretty much shown up in the show so far. Yeah. That's another reason that I went for this is that you really get a good sense of everybody in the show. Right. And and so, I mean, out of curiosity, what made you start watching this show I tell tell those that are listening because I know you're. If you could be, you'd be waving around your sparkly sword right now. Yeah, I mean, I was a fan of the original show. I dressed up as She-Ra when I was six for Halloween. Um, and I'm not, you know, like you guys, the biggest animation fan or the biggest like obs- most most obsessed with like rebooting my childhood or whatever. Um, not to say that you are, but or that that's a bad thing. But. Um, I heard really good things about this show and I thought, I'll check it out. And then I did check it out and it was awesome. And then I started watching it with my two-year-old and she loves it. Then we started watching it with our five-year-old son and he loves it too. Um, So this is officially the first show we can watch as a family and all of us enjoy it equally. And that is amazing. Except for Chris. He hates it. He hates it with the fire of a thousand suns. Not even close. (laughs) I think this show is, I think this show is very good. I think it's just shy of great. Okay. As, as I was watching it, Angie and I sat down and, and the first thing that caught her attention was 
the transformation sequence mm-hmm. and she flat out goes oh my god that is so sailor moon and then i'm like okay they had to get it from somewhere i could believe it is it. pretty sailor moon i'll <laughs> give her that it's also uh, uh, voltron did the same thing it's an homage to the old cartoons where they they picked this like 30 second clip of animation to animate very well and used it in every episode i i noticed that towards like i don't know episode four or five they sort of took that same animation but just cut it up chopped it a bit so you didn't get the whole animation but you definitely got snippets of it to get the idea that she is transforming yeah and again not to draw another parallel to voltron but they did the same thing where most of ep- every episode you'll get some flavor of it and you know they'll even go back to the full-on transformation sequence from time to time but yeah there, there's also the abbreviated cut and then there's also the point where you know there's going to be more than one and probably one more dramatic she-ra mm-hmm. uh, a transformation in the episode if you get a she-ra transformation without the animation you'll just get like boom now she's she-ra that means something more dramatic will happen later and then you'll get the full transformation <laughs> sequence <laughs> it's the lead into drama I, it, all right so I enjoyed it. There, 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 I, I have two things that really just, just slightly bothered me a bit. Um, the intro theme song. You don't love that song? I do not love that song. Oh, I, my God. I do not love that song at all. Um, I understand it. Like I, I I'm fe- going to have to have Ellie sing it to you. <laughs> then it will then completely change it. my mind. Um, and I'm not going to lie, because I watched the original She-Ra, and I'm not going to lie, for the first three episodes up until I Googled it, I was looking for Lookie f- for the whole, like, for an hour and a half. And I don't know if you remember the character Lookie, but Lookie was the little dude that hid in every episode. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the original episodes, he would come out, rehash what the moral of the story was, and say, remember to eat your vegetables, or something to that effect. I feel that they really missed an opportunity not putting that in this show. I don't know, man. I got to disagree with you because I think that part of what is uh, great about this show is that it doesn't need a looky. It's so good on its own that it doesn't need like some character to pop out and add value to it. I don't think looky was needed the first time, but they did shove it down your throat to eat your vegetables. That was the moral of the story, at least a dozen times and what i'm trying to say is like that original show like i loved it when i was six but it was crap Um, like the original voltron it has not aged and uh so throwing things like looky in there would be like oh well you know this is a sucky show but at least it tells kids to do something good this show already tells you to do something good in every episode so you don't need any justification for parents to let them watch the show. And, and I figured that they, I knew they wouldn't do the full character and do it again. But I, I thought that maybe they would throw the Easter egg in there somewhere for oh, those that would remember. you know that they will. It's somewhere, I feel that it is somewhere in there. I don't think it's in there yet, but I'll bet, I'll bet dollars to donuts they will do something clever with it. Because we just watched an episode in season two mm-hmm. where they found an excuse to have Catra look like she did in the original show, as well as the entire cast <laughs> dressed as they were in the original show. So there is no shortage of absolute reverence for the source material. Mm-hmm. So Lookie, I, I would I would put any amount of money that at some point that character will show up in a 
Mr. Mixius Pidlick kind of way or something. Wow. Like, that's just going to happen. There there was there was an owl-like character in the first episode or in the first series. And I saw that he was in one of the episodes as like a stuffed animal somewhere. And like I thought that was... <laughs> That was cute. That was like an homage to to where it came from kind of thing. And I really thought by seeing that, I'm like, then look, he's going to show up somewhere. He's going to be here. I got to find it. And he still may. We haven't finished season two yet. Um, yeah. And it's not to say that the show is without its like charming little goofy um, mm-hmm. characters, because I, I if you watched the beginning, then you you met the horsey. Yes. That becomes Swift Wind. Of course, Swift Wind is not in this episode, but Swift Wind is like my favorite character. He's amazing when he comes back. What was he the- shows up one day and all of a sudden he can just talk. Really? And like he talks and he doesn't. And he's I, like, how do you even describe the he's way he's like he a talks? revolutionary? Like he's like, <laughs> we have to dismantle the patriarchy. But like he's he's wow. also kind of like almost tickish in his like naive he's like, like he's, he's and... very like yes let's do this thing but he's also like slightly bumbling about it. he is a fascinating character well that sounds like the and pirate it's... dude like they, oh, yes they but get like, the caricature no, of it and go over the top with it more like think detective pikachu ryan reynolds okay like more that kind of thing where like that voice makes zero sense and a hundred percent sense to come out of that character. Okay. He's fantastic. Just keep watching. Look I, out for Horsey, who becomes Swift Wind. Now, this episode in particular was it was nice to see the how how the gang jived together. Mm-hmm. Um I mean the episode title was No Princess Left Behind. And I feel that was misleading because one of them did get left behind because I really don't want that character to be dead. Uh, Yes. And you haven't watched past this? No. Okay. So that was another reason that I picked this is I thought it was uh, really, um, well, a couple of reasons I picked this. I thought it was really impressive that they weren't afraid to go to a, a, like, killing off a character place mm-hmm. in a show that's for kids mm-hmm. um but it wasn't done in a scary way it was just dealt with in a way like she's gone she's didn't make it they never said the word dead and it's not necessarily because they're trying to be cute about it they're just trying to make it like kid friendly right, palatable for children and also like you know she they they didn't leave her behind they think she died okay so and you know that, uh, you, do you remember that character from the original show? No, I don't, and that's the and that's the problem. I feel like I should be remembering more things from the original series. That I don't think that you should. It wasn't a very good series. <laughs> yeah, it really wasn't. Like, like I said, I loved it, but no. all right. I do like but what they were doing with done my research, um, like on these characters, just because I. I did the same thing with Voltron. Like, boy, I, wasn't there someone named Sven at some point? And then, like, I did all the research. and Because I certainly didn't want to watch the original show again. Because I tried that, and it was not entertaining at all. Yeah. Um, and I'm just going to go ahead and assume that the same thing is the case with She-Ra. Because I looked at, like, a couple seconds of it and said, I don't, I don't want to play this game, no. <laughs> um, but I looked up who all these characters were. Because I figured they're all versions of characters that existed in the original show. 
uh, especially with their names, because you know, some of their names are a little less than creative. <laughs> Scorpy, uh, cat, uh, <laughs> just throw an uh at the end. It'll be fine. There, um, there's uh, two minor characters that are introduced in the beginning named Spinnerella and Natasa, and I won't ruin it, but there's a great joke in the season finale about them. <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. pretty pretty great. But yeah, so um uh Entrapta is uh, is a character in the original show and the way that they I guess put her in the position that she was more or less in in the original show uh, I think is fascinating. I just think Entrapta is a pretty fascinating character in general. Yes. It's the mo- she is the most childlike character that they've shown, but it's she's childlike because of uh, of how inquisitive she is, how curious. Mm-hmm. And it seems that with this episode, that's sort of bitter in the butt kind of thing. I'm hoping that yet again, I will see her again because she was the most intriguing character. Everybody else had their hair, their like mer, the mermaid, mermis, mermista. mermista. Like I get where they were going with that. But for like a male adult, I would be like, I don't want to hear this voice anymore. Stop talking. Huh. Stop. Because- that voice, by the way, is uh, Vela Lavelle, who was a series regular on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yes. And I, I was aware of that. But the fact that she kept going, God, that just bothered me. Well, OK, that bothered you. But uh, that is that is definitely one type of girl this- who is in this in the audience of this show. I, the target and, audience. And I, and I had to watch this going. This is not funny. This is not aimed at me. This is not a part you of You are not the target audience. I am audience. not the target audience. And then I was able to step back and look. And they did a lot of really great things with this. Like all of the, the morality in it and the, 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 the relationships. And like they did a lot of really, really good stuff with it to the point of it was impressive that they still considered it a children's show. Mm-hmm. And it does definitely still, and and that's really where I I land on the, uh, just for my own personal feelings that it is a very good, uh, not necessarily great, um, show just because it is very much still a children's show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it doesn't really, it doesn't really land in the young adult category. So it is um a bit more juvenile in a in a lot of ways. Like, uh, like Voltron is aimed at a slightly older audience. And I'm not saying that it's not a knock on this show. I adore that it is where it is because this show is a, you know, when you look at something like Avatar, the last airbender, my kids aren't quite ready for that yet, but they're totally ready for She-Ra. And that's totally going to prep them for that kind of storytelling that will set them up to love shows like Voltron and, uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, Al- Al- last airbender, legend of Korra and all that stuff. I, we we saw this kind of trend uh, probably after Batman the Animated Series where they started taking children's programming more seriously. Right. Um, I mean, you, you saw stuff like that with Fraggle Rock where they were basically like, okay, we, but we don't need to make children's shows dumb. It doesn't have to be asinine. We can speak to kids like with a certain level of adultness. You know, we can treat them with a, a level of respect. But for the most part, you got crap like Caillou. Um, or even the shows like the original She-Ra and Thundercats and He-Man and Voltron, which are just, they're just schlock. There's really not much going on there besides some really great ideas. And, and a giant toy commercial. And exactly, a giant was, toy commercial. That was a definite point that I wanted to make. She-Ra and He-Man, they were literally toy commercials. This yes. was not. 
absolutely not. Like, there's no interchangeable characters type of thing. Like, that, n- nothing about this show screams toy. Which because is- there are basically no toys for this show. But to, to the point that I was making, um, when they started doing these shows that were really great young adult shows, like your Justice Leagues and uh, uh, Justice League, Young Justice, uh, Avatar, uh, even Ninja Turtles to an extent... Um, they started treating that stuff extraordinarily well, but it also was just a little bit much for super younger kids, you know, with mm-hmm. the big overarching plots and everything. This show is aimed at a slightly younger audience. It's more inviting. It's more straightforward. And, and it's, it still teaches kids how to follow an overarching narrative. And it does so, so intelligently. And the art style is flawless for this kind of a thing because it's not too detailed that it that it can appear grim mm-hmm. um you know the violence is very much toned down over something like you know i keep referring to last airbender and voltron just because those are the ones that are popping into my head um i cannot say enough how much i respect what this show does and how brilliant i think that a show like this is for not going that far um it also just just immediately reminded me whatever happened to that Thundercats show. I don't know. That went away very quickly. Didn't yeah, I wonder it? if I I don't even ever think it aired. Like I don't remember it happening. I remember oh the the, the bad backlash. remake one. Yeah, there was that giant backlash for like what do you what did you do to Thundercats? This is ridiculous. Because um, I just don't think you need to do that. <laughs> that's that's like that horrible new Ninja Turtles cartoon. That's just completely stupid like and and she-ra is not stupid and that sentence alone like the name she-ra is ridiculous it's as ridiculous as (laughs) (laughs) he-man actually no it's less ridiculous than he-man because he-man that's stupid (laughs) that's stupid with two o's but uh this is it's not stupid and it doesn't talk down to kids kneels down and gets to their level and tells them a good story and i appreciate that to no end i just think the show's brilliant and as parents this is and i'm asking is this the first thing that all of you can enjoy together i think so i mean i think there's been other things that like the kids have watched with chris and it wasn't that i didn't like i wasn't interested i just wasn't participating or anything because it, it it seems yeah, it has the ability to watched, talk to everybody. Uh, yeah, like Ellie and John have both enjoyed Voltron to an extent. Like Ellie, as much as she can enjoy anything, when we were watching Voltron, she was you know one and a half years old. She liked the lions. <laughs> you know, she thought that stuff was cool. Um, uh, and John has watched a few episodes of it with me. Actually, you know what? I think Danger Mouse was probably the first thing we okay. all watched together and enjoyed. But and they're yeah, not that's getting kind of that. A different, like they're not mean? getting what Danger Mouse is, though. Oh, like, yeah. That stuff. Mean, there's not. There's not some. See, and that's the thing. The difference between this, everything's out there, and it's uh, kids have the availability to get all of it. There's stuff mm-hmm. in Danger Mouse that is yeah. specifically meant to go directly over their heads into your face. Yeah, Danger Mouse is is multi level. They were getting it on the. This is a a cool mouse secret agent and some funny goofball stuff and here's a good time and then we got all the you know wacky british humor Mm -hmm. um and this one is uh this one just wears its heart on its sleeve and it's great i do also have to give a a giant props to what's his name kyle yes 
Yeah, I I love the Kyle character most mostly not just because he's great, but that's also the voice actor who who uh, does Pit in the Kid Icarus games and Smash Brothers. So which one was Kyle? And he was the dorky kid that was uh, talking to Bo when he was in jail. Oh yeah, <laughs> and that poor kid is like it hasn't happened yet up to and we've watched past this. It hasn't happened yet, but he is going to become key at some point because that's how this show works. Because mm-hmm. as you saw when you started the show. Um, it starts with Adora living the fright zone, like thinking that she's on the right side, having like no concept of the outside world. And it did a really clever, subtle, good job of making kids aware that like there are perspectives outside of your own and that, you know, things that you thought have, have always thought your whole life might not be the way you th- they th- that you think they are. And that's like pretty advanced concept for kids, and they did just dealt with it so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It it is. It's I, unfortunately I say it's surprising, but you don't get that in in especially children's animated television. Like it's if it's out if it's if it's geared towards children, it's thrown in their face. Look, you need to laugh at this point, or look, you need to pay type of thing yeah, they don't really play with subtlety all that much and this show is putting the information out there in a in a way that a kid can digest it and it not be overwhelming or you know not like it's 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 not even you know narrowing it or, or making it less than it's showing everything that it needs to show and doing it in a way that is presentable to children which is is it's- admirable it's almost a way into like those real life uh, issues that you would end up talking to your kid about eventually where like something comes up at school and there's a problem or something. You could actually relate it to the show and be like, remember when, you know, this happened on She-Ra and they can be like, yeah, I, I totally get that. I, I, and I'm not going to lie. Like there were. All right. So Bo and Glimmer. Like their relationship throughout the whole first eight episodes or so, I think it was that's when they went to the prom was episode eight. Yeah, I think that's it. And and I was like, they're going to do, there has to be some sort of romantic thing there. And that was me thinking less of the show because what they did was they took that concept and made it for children. And it was about friendship and being left Mm -hmm, alone. And like, it's the same thing. It's the same information. But presented in a way that a kid could understand. A kids don't know what love is. Kids don't know what desire is. Like, it's and kids don't need to worry about like boyfriends and girlfriends when they're right. two and five years old. But they still yeah. got that idea out there, that storyline that would most likely happen to kids when they get new friends or their friends get new friends, kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. that's something that could truly happen. And the show took that, like skated that line and said. You know, this is this is what they need to hear. This is what they they should be paying attention to, kind of thing. Not the goofiness that is other shows. So good on them. Yeah. I mean, good, good, good pick, Karen. I Thank you. I'm really happy that it's that's it's doing what it needs to do for your family as well. Like you know, the, the little girl, the little boy, the mother, and the father all have the ability to sit down and appreciate it 
for different things. It is actually to the point now where it's created a bit of a problem because Ellie wants to watch it before bed every night. And we're now like actively consuming season two as a family. So like if she if it's just her and me, I'm like, we can't watch it right now because Daddy and John are doing something else. And you know, John's no. in the bathtub or whatever. <laughs> we'll like... watch it twice then. <laughs> Um, I do a couple other mm-hmm. things I wanted to say about picking this episode in particular. Um, this one is the first kind of mission with all the princesses together on a team. Right. And I felt like it did some really good things with just like showing how to work as a team and like kind of Adora wanted to have a plan, but the plan didn't really work. And you know, taught that kind of lesson of like, you know, figuring it out and making mistakes uh, and using everybody's different strengths. That w- that's, that's that's a common thing also in this show that everybody has a strength. Yeah. And it's not as none of it is you're not hit over the head with any of mm-hmm. it. Like it's just really well written and well integrated. And the whole group, you're right. Everybody has a different strength. Um, the. I want to say it's like very diverse, but not in the way that we normally think of diversity and where like, you know, they cast actors of all different races mm-hmm. and, you know, whatever. It's it is that because they, they do have they draw characters that look different and have different body types and skin colors and whatnot. But it's also different. Each princess is a different type of girl mm-hmm. so that. Like, it's not just for girls, super girly girls. It's not just for sporty girls. It's not for nerdy girls. It's for everybody. There's, there is a character for anyone on this show. There's characters for boys on this show. There's characters for anybody who likes any, you know, identifies with any particular kind of person. And one thing that I really like that they did is the character of Seahawk, <laughs> who on any other cartoon would be the fucking hero is the biggest idiot he's the fool and yet he's not completely useless nope no he's like, it was this, he's it was this not, episode where he was distracting the the the, the guard right. right he had a point he had a purpose he was the, he was the debate or the distraction or whatever but he wasn't more important than anybody else just by being just by virtue of being white and a guy well that and his mustache and his and his i love when he turned around and tried to like mess up his hair and his mustache like that was gonna work to yeah, didn't. it didn't mess up and that, that's what i thought was funniest um there is there was an episode earlier and i was actually really surprised by this where um something happens to glimmer and you saw the reaction of her mother mm-hmm. and that that is definitely something you do not see in children's cartoons how is the like what parents. How the parents feel yeah right like it was emotional especially when she talks about her you know her husband and how she feels about her daughter and how she worries and like that's that's not normal kids cartoon fare and yeah they still handled it really really well nailed it it's yeah it handles everything really well so i thumbs up all around i mean good job netflix this is um this is a dreamworks like Mm -hmm. joint so the animation is great like and when i say it's like you said chris it's a simplified animation but it is seamless it's not it's it's done really really well for what like this is what they chose to do and they they're doing it correctly um it's just a it's a great show 
I have one complaint about this show, and if you follow me on Twitter, you already know what it is. Where is the merchandise for the show? <laughs> for yeah. a show based on a show that was originally designed as only to sell merchandise, mm -hmm. there is a shocking lack of merchandise available for purchase for this. And I feel they like they like did that purposefully. Like, all right, listen, I know we shoved Shira merchandise down your throat the first time. We're not doing that. This is Netflix. We're we're above toys. For there, are the first there, was, there, <laughs> there were aisles of toys for uh, Voltron, and there were and aisles dino, trucks. dino trucks. Like <laughs> the, these Netflix kids shows have merch. It's like built right in from season one. Mm. I am astonished that they haven't done almost anything with this show. They have now. There is a line of shirts available. You can find them on Amazon and uh, a few books. And there's a some some figurine company did like some collectible, but they're not toys. They're like actual like you would collect and display these like forty to sixty bucks a pop kind of a thing. Exactly. Like where is the toy Swift Wind that my kid can like gallop through her room? <laughs> Where's the glitter sword? Where's the glitter <laughs> sword? Let's ask them real questions. This the original Shira was Funimation. No, I don't know. original Shira was older than Funimation. Funimation is like an anime company. So okay, so I'm all right. Shira and He-Man came out from the same company, and it was competitive toy lines. I shouldn't say competitive because one person was making all the money, but it was for a toy, a toy line geared towards girls. I don't feel the same companies are involved. Like DreamWorks was not involved. So, and I'm trying to like all the other. Things like I don't, I'm not familiar with Dino Trucks on Filmation Associates. That was the the original Filmation. Filmation. Okay. So, Filmation and Mattel, which is toys. That's Mattel is yes. toys. But um, Voltron, the 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 original series and toy manufacturer, they still had something to do with the Netflix version of it, didn't they? What do you mean? When they redid Voltron for Netflix, it was the same, or at least. Part of it was from the original company. Like, they had something to do with it. I feel that this show, this version of She-Ra, has nothing to do on the backside for the original She-Ra. I don't think Voltron had anything to do with the original series. This was, like, also the fifth Voltron series. Mm. You know, there was... Th and I'm just trying to figure out why. Like, you're absolutely right. There should be some sort of merchandising for this, especially with... The, the high purchasing of the from the female aspect of it like there's a lot of stuff that could be sold for this and this should be in every target I, every single one yeah absolutely i mean the only thing i can think of is that the people behind it didn't have faith in the uh faith in the product but and now that there's season two i mean come on man <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm saying. I want my daughter to dress up as She-Ra for Halloween, and I don't want to have to make the goddamn costume. Okay, that I can understand. I mean, it's not a difficult costume to make. <laughs> no, it's not. And it's a great costume. I, I know we talked about news stories way before this show ever came out about people were upset that, like... She's wearing shorts and whatever. It's a great costume. It is. I mean, she's what, awesome. It was weird that she still wore that white shirt with the Hordak symbol on the back of it for for the Horde symbol for like the first two episodes. I'm like, maybe you think you can get another white shirt because people really don't like that logo. <laughs> Just maybe. <laughs> it all in all, it was great. I I, I enjoyed I'm glad it. Glad you liked it. Um, 
And I'm really, and I'm really I, glad you it is should hit. continue to watch it. I promise you will be happy. I, I, I will. I, yeah, know. and it's not like there's a ton of it. It goes by super. Fast. It does. It does. You know, half hour episodes. It was I watched in a in like I think a day and a half, maybe straight sit down. So good, good stuff, Karen. Thank you so much. Yay! <laughs> All right. With that, let's take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to talk some news. Stay tuned. Are you enjoying the podcast you're listening to right now? Of course you are. But did you know that it's just one part of an entire network of geek-related goodness? Geekade.com is your one-stop shop for fresh original content no matter what your geek is. Each week you'll find articles and podcasts about comic books, horror movies, X-Men, music, video games, music in video games, Transformers, anime, TV shows, tabletop gaming, wrestling, beer, and more. And hey, if you want to help us create even more original content, please consider supporting us on Patreon. That's available at patreon.com slash geekade. What's your geek? Hey guys, Vestalord Dean DeFalco here to tell you that we have a Twitch. Uh, yeah, Geekade has a Twitch, and we are streaming at least once a week. Uh, every Thursday, we are on from 6 to 11. That's five solid hours of me failing at whatever game is uh, going on that week. You want to see me cry? Twitch.tv slash Geekade. You want to see me achieve a massive victory? Twitch.tv slash Geekade. You want to see me eat food? Muckbane right there. Twitch.tv slash Geekade. Guys, check it out. It's a lot of fun. We got emoticons. Uh, we got sub badges. We got all sorts of stuff going on over there. And if you just want to pop in, say hi, give us a follow. You know, we really do appreciate it. Trying to uh, spread the love, trying to spread Vestlor Global to a house near you, maybe even your house. So, guys, pop in, say hello, and we'll catch you next time on twitch.tv slash geekade. See you then, guys. Stay Vestly, keep playing games. Geekade is looking for some partners. If you have something you'd like to advertise on any of our podcasts, our powerful overlords are ready to talk to you. Send your proposal to mail at geekade.com with the words podcast ads in the subject line, and our diligent army of trained ants will put you in touch with the head of our advertising department. With a weekly audience that reaches well into the dozens, Geekade is the perfect place to get your ads into the ears of the right people. Once again, that's mail at geekade.com. Send your ad in today. And we're back. Thank you so much for checking out our commercials. Let's dive into some news. First up from TVGuide.com, a very misleading title. Uh, Rob Thomas warns iZombie fans to brace themselves for major deaths in final season, which is technically in this article, but it's more about what happens in the final season, what it's like to know that you're going to have a final season, because that is a thing for Mr. Thomas. He, it just usually happens. He doesn't get to wrap things up. Um, it's actually a really good interview. Uh, he talks about the, you know, the behind the scenes stuff and how he feels about the, the, the cast members. And, and then there's the, 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 the interviewer asks like, will will they show up in the Veronica Mars you know, show show that he's doing. It's like I would love to, but I'm not going to have them. Co- like we're we're there in Vancouver. We're over here. You know, I'm not going to have them come uh-huh. in and be a bartender for two lines. I'm like, oh, that would have been fun for some people. Um, 
I well, am. We forgot that Eli from Veronica Mars actually is on Veronica is on uh, iZombie this season until we saw the premiere this last week. So I am extremely behind. I feel. I or I. I oh no! We'll talk about Agents of Shield later. That I am extremely behind on. Um, it looks like he's doing right by the show and wrapping up everything that he needs to wrap up in, in a nice little bow, as he says, which is great because that's what this show deserves. This is a really yeah, fun I mean, show. So far, so good. The, they started, the season started last week. We watched the first one. It's great as it always has been. Looks like it's going really interesting places as usual. And they apparently may leave some things unanswered, but for the most part, you're, you as a viewer should be satisfied with the ending that you get, which is good. Yes. It's always beneficial. So there you go. iZombie. Check it out. It's so worth the watch if you haven't. Oh my God. Such a good show. All right. Next up from Variety.com. Elizabeth Olsen says Disney Plus series WandaVision is set in the 1950s, which is pretty much how we all reacted to that title. Mm-hmm. Um. Hmm. Yeah, I guess we should put down an Endgame spoiler alert just in case anybody has still not seen it yet in case we mention anything. I don't even, like, I can't, I know you. I, I can't mention anything. And if I do, it's completely by accident and just guessing. Um, so, Endgame spoilers, maybe? How the hell are they going to do this in the 50s and still keep the same characters? Did they time travel? I don't know. I mean, there were elements of time travel in Endgame without saying very much more than that doesn't so, seem to make a ton of sense to have those two characters time travel since uh well he they, did yeah he's dead and she was not part of the time travel in the movie <laughs> so yeah i mean there have been a number of comics that featured the relationship of wanda and vision i honest to god don't remember any of them taking place in the 50s so i don't know it's just weird like this whole show is weird i don't know who the show is for that's a terrible name too oh my god it's the worst <laughs> and it's is it it's literally one word with a capital letter in the middle of it that yeah. really bothers me as well boo i was saying boo <laughs> so yeah i mean there's inform i mean there's not much information in this article but that they, like it doesn't explain, doesn't answer that question that we just asked. Why? How? Fifties? What? Um, but it's happening, and it should be. So the se- after okay, in the second year after the scheduled November twelfth launch. So WandaVision is not happening this year, but apparently next year. Sure. We shall see. I don't know. I don't know if, how interested I'm going to be in a Wanda show. I, I mean, the Falcon and Winter Soldier and even Loki. I'll, I'll check those out. Those sound interesting to me. Just, But I do like Paul. So mm, I don't know. Now I'm torn. I've overthought it. I, I'm like pure morbid curiosity. I have no idea how this show is going to work or if it's going to be any good. But damn if I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Sheer morbid curiosity. All right, next up from ComingSoon.net, uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. poster reveals season six premiere date. Uh, 
Now, apparently there is a lot of spoilers in this for me because I had no idea of a lot of things that happened in previous seasons because I am far behind. Um, the whole... I, I'm assuming you guys are caught up, right? Mm-hmm. So, Coulson became a ghost rider? Uh-huh. Briefly, yeah. Interesting. A couple uh, people did. So they just pass it around like an STD? Sort of, yeah. I mean, nobody... Nobody owned each other. With each other. Get it? <laughs> I mean, that's more not like how the a, Ghost Rider works. I mean, more like a really hot potato. But... <laughs> oh, boy. oh man, I'm sorry. I'm laughing and I can't stop myself. I'm not laughing at that. I promise. Um, so the 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 poster shows the cast of characters, and that it returns Friday, May 10th, which is this week. Yes. It's yes, as of recording. Picked a really bad time to like dive into another show <laughs> that that isn't currently running. I'm trying. I'm looking. I'm, so I, they're getting. They're not getting rid of Coulson because well, here, what's the? He's it, on the show. He's on still. the show. Well, but, Clark Gregg's on the show, right? Yeah, that's what I meant. Um, who is the dude on the right side? The oh, the. I- do, do you have the poster? The poster it's, is not loading. The right side. Oh, that that guy popped up in the last season. I don't even remember what his name is. He's kind of annoying. Okay, because everybody the, else the, I remember. The squirrely dude, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's the what dude? He's, he's, he's kind of squirrely. I thought you said twirly, and I was wondering what his power was. If he twirls. <laughs> he doesn't have a power. He's no, from he's, the future slash an alternate universe, from maybe? From the future. Okay. He's from the future and space, and he's technically... The child of two existing characters. Okay. Grandchild, I think. Grandchild, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there it is. May 10th. This, this actually, as of posting today, right? Tomorrow. We drops on Thursday. Oh, it should. Okay. Friday. Friday, right. I Sorry. Got confused with SAG. Um, so there you go. Check that out. Uh, from Marvel.com. A live action Ghost Rider. Another, I want to read the title as is because, okay. Live action Ghost Rider and Hellstrom TV series heading to Hulu in 2020. Now, excuse me, but what the hell? Because I thought all the Marvel shows were going to be on Disney from now on. Doesn't, and I guess Disney owns Hulu, so that's yes. fine. But like, what? Stop it. Stop confusing me. Well, I think the Disney Plus stuff is supposed to have a let's say lighter PG 13 angle to it. And, uh, I think they're going for something harder with a uh, ghost rider. I, I'm thinking ghost rider and Hellstrom are probably going to be along the same vein as the Netflix shows. Whereas, uh, that's not the kind of content they want to put on Disney plus. Yeah. They recently, they're calling it the adult animated series. They're the, the first run of Hulu stuff, the, the, Marvel's Hit Monkey and Howard the Duck and whatnot. And like this is supposed to be more in line with that as opposed mm-hmm. to the Disney Plus stuff. Um, I am really curious as to see this because they're doing darker, scarier stuff. And that's what Hellstrom and Ghost Rider really are. Like this is I am re- I am on board with this. 
I want to see what and they do with it. That's fine. They just told me, you know, they weren't, you know, they were they were getting rid of the, all the Marvel Netflix shows that we like because, you know, whatever they had to consolidate their IP, and then like they went and spread it out again. <laughs> yeah, but it's still within their umbrella, so it's. I understand that. I just, <laughs> I, just I didn't know they were going like to do it. this, and I don't. I don't like when they they get me. Gotcha. I see. Um, so Ghost Rider is going to be the new iteration of Ghost Rider, not the Nicolas Cage version. <laughs> How awesome would that be if Hulu did a Nicolas Cage Ghost Rider television show? No, I would give down. all the monies. Um, I'm pretty sure Robbie Reyes is the character that was in the S.H.I.E.L.D. Ghost Rider, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So that character is moving over to... Marvel's Ghost Rider on Hulu. Probably not the same guy, probably not the same story, but it's that version, the newer... It's the same actor. Is it? I'd, is it? This stupid thing isn't loaded. That's the story. Is that's It's the same actor, but it's theoret- but it's supposedly not actually related to S.H.I.E.L.D. It does say Shield. Gabriel Luna. It it's says the it's, same, it's the same guy playing the same character, just not that... But it's not tied into the continuity of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or some crap like that. I don't know. That's annoying. <laughs> it does seem rather odd. I just don't like it when they do Ghost Rider as a car driving dude. I like him on a motorcycle. That's my that's my Ghost Rider. But uh, Damien and Anna Hellstrom are the sons, son and daughter of a mysterious and powerful serial killer in Marvel's Hellstrom. So that definitely has a darker feel to it as well. I am on board. Mm-hmm. Uh, does it say when? No, hardly ever does. But it'll come to Hulu, and it's 2020, so we got time. Keep an eye out for that. We will keep you posted as well. All right, TVLine.com. Veronica Mars shows no mercy in trailer for Hulu revival. Ah! Oh, my God. Such a good trailer. So, my God. So good. I mean, the best intro. I, it totally... The- the first, I don't know, 15, 20 seconds of this trailer perfectly surmises who Veronica Mars is. Mm-hmm. I, it's, uh, I'm so excited. When is this coming back? Is it now? Is it available yet? God damn it. Not yet. It's pretty stinking soon, though, isn't it? It's like this summer. July 26th. July. Yeah. Damn it. Um, it. It has the same feel. It has the same look. It's... It is Veronica Mars, and she does not age. God bless her. My goodness. She kind of does. If you rewatch, like, she still doesn't look anywhere near as old as she is, but she does not look like a teenager like she did when in the first show. Right. And in the first show, um, she was 17, 18, right? Yeah. And then in the movie, she was early 20s. Early 20s. And now that's five years after the movie i'm saying that i think that's when it was um so it is taking considerable time jumps but still she looks great the cast looks great story looks i mean the villain i mean it's jk jk good score guys good good, way to go good 
good stuff. Um, and tr- I mean, really, if you haven't watched Veronica Mars, any of it, start at the beginning, work your way all the way through it because it is so worth the watch. And you have time. Yes, you do. It's there's not so much of it that you can't get through it by the time three the show seasons, comes out. right? Three seasons, yeah. yeah. And they're and the, the like and the movie, three seasons and a movie. <laughs> um, so how Chris, you got you guys, you right, Chris, you hadn't seen it, and you just did a rewatch or a first I, first watch. Yeah, I just did a watch, a watch of it. And how long do you? How long did it take you? I mean, well, it took up a couple of months, but we don't have, we yeah. can't right. binge. But that's what I'm saying. You can't binge, and it took you a couple of months. With the binge ability of this show, if you had the ability to binge, it's doable. You get through it real quick. Yeah. Very much so. So, great, great stuff. All right, next up, bleedingcool.com. I'm torn. Um, Ron Howard confirms Willow TV series talks for Disney+. Plus. With Warwick Davis. Now, I was sort of questioning this the whole time. I was like, really, do I want to see this? I have a fondness for Willow. I enjoyed that movie greatly. It it holds a very special place in my heart. And, you know, I haven't seen Warwick Davis since Willow. Um, Uh, Yeah, you have. Have I? Have you ever seen a Harry Potter movie? Yeah, he was in the Harry Potter movies. He was in Star Wars Episode One. Yeah, Warwick Davis has done all manner of stuff. As but, what was he in 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 Harry Potter? He was Professor Flitwick. So it what it was Andy, yeah, heavily was makeup. Just like him, no, not as well as the Goblin he was, but as Professor Flitwick, he just had a mustache. Hmm. Okay. Because this is the like when I think Warwick, when I think. Warwick Davis. This is that picture that's in like that youthful. He's got like a youthful glow about him. I don't know what it is. I never attributed him to the Harry Potter movies and and say Star Wars. I couldn't. I did not even know. But he was in an episode of Doctor Who, uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Right. He was great in that Doctor Who episode. He really He's was, a great yeah. actor. Um, I don't know where in the. Oh yeah. Okay. So. Uh, see a mature i just really hope we get to a chance to see a mature willow in action that's a quote from from howard ron howard um yes all of this yes is by the interviewer and let's get chris evans on board to play the son of mad martigan uh cosine yeah like that just i mean i'll me. watch him do anything but like but think about the smarminess of mad martigan Think about Chris Evans, not Captain America Chris Evans, previous Chris Evans. It's a perfect fit. I like it. Make it happen, Mr. But can Howard. can we also get Mad Mardigan? Like, I don't just what his son. We well, have we seen Val Has Kilmer lately? Has he slimmed down? I feel like Val Kilmer was looking a bit better last time I saw him. Okay, because I, I haven't. I only have the imagery of this meme in my head of Val Kilmer as a huskier fella sitting at a like a, a bistro table looking cute at a camera going, Hey guys, remember when I played Batman? Like, I don't. Yeah, I'd have to I'd have to investigate more. But I always liked Val Kilmer as well. I just don't know if he could pull off the part anymore. <laughs> What is the range of pictures? Yeah, boy, I just looked up a pic- bunch of pictures of a uh, Val Kilmer, and yeah, that is quite the range. <laughs> Did you type let's, current? <laughs> let's go as of. 
Let's go 2018. <laughs> Again, I'm seeing an awful lot of range here in the... One thing I will Kilmer. give Val Kilmer credit on is that, yes, he did gain a bunch of weight, but he never, ever did the thing that... What was that karate guy? Um, not Van Damme. Steven Seagal? That, the thing that Steven Seagal did. Steven Seagal gained a bunch of weight as well, but he continued acting in his Steven Seagal-esque movies, and they did something with the camera proportions to stretch out the film to make him look thinner. Hmm. Just just embrace it. So what a what a turd. Yeah. So we'll keep out you know, we'll keep our, our ears out for more information about that because that is interesting. I would like to see a, a Willow TV show. I think it's something, you know, that world can can hold enough information for a show. Yeah, I'm bummed that movie never actually got a proper sequel because, yeah, it's a nice universe there. Mm -hmm. It's a classic. So, all right, next up from in, in, in Gadget, in Gadget.com, Netflix experiments with a random play button. Um, apparently, this was only on the Android app, and you have the ability to for certain shows to just click a random button and it'll play a random episode neat cool i think this is definitely useful for certain shows that you have your comfort food shows that you go to all the time where you right. don't need to like the sequential plot information yeah right. like friends or uh, what do they have Parks and Rec new girl the and office order. our planet if it had law and order that would be perfect for me <laughs> it would first have to be streaming on netflix that's what I'm saying. So it's interesting. Um, I don't. I. I don't have a problem with just like randomly scrolling, doing the hold the button down and letting go, and then hitting play. So, but there you go. Friends is making it. Or friends. Netflix is making it easier for you to ingest random episodes, bringing it to the masses. All right. Next up, uh, foodandwine.com. I don't know who these people are. I don't, okay. I don't recognize them, but Chrissy Teigen and David Chang to co-host a food-themed talk show on Hulu. Karen, can you help me? A little. Go ahead. Uh, David Chang is a famous chef, uh, owns one of the biggest restaurant groups in New York. Okay. Uh, Chrissy Teigen is John Legend's wife. She is. Uh, she was uh, a lipstick battle. I don't know what you call her. Like She, she was just there. Okay. <laughs> she just like dance around and go woo. She was a woo um, girl. Got it. And uh, she's a pretty awesome Twitter celebrity. Okay. Um, and she's a it's she's a foodie. I wouldn't call her chef, but she's a, she's a celebrity foodie. Um, so they're putting together a, a food talk show for Netflix. Interesting. I think. Is it for Netflix? No, it's for Hulu. It's I'm for dumb. Hulu. She did something. Um, she did another show with no Netflix. Chang. She, uh, uh, mo. Momofuku Restaurant Group launched uh, Major Major Domo Media last year, produced television podcasts and other content focusing on food and culture, including Ugly Delicious for Netflix. So he is he has a relation to Netflix. Mm -hmm. um, okay, I, I mean I'm I I don't partake in the food television shows as much. Um, how do you feel about this? Because I know you're more of a fan of that line of entertainment uh, i think this is great david chang's a great choice for um like food knowledgeability 
I don't know how he does like on camera, but I know he knows a shit ton about food. Uh, and as far as the ant on camera bit goes, uh, Chrissy Teigen is highly watchable, highly entertaining. If you follow her on Twitter, you know. Okay. Um, even if you don't follow her on Twitter, you probably have seen her tweets screen capped somewhere in some BuzzFeed article about how Chrissy Teigen is awesome and at it again. Got it. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think this show will be good for people who like this kind of show. There you go. Good news, then. All right. Um, <laughs> the next posting on, on our thread is the trailer for this this season of Marvel's Agents of Shield. Um what season is it? 6. Season 6. Okay. Um so it fully made me understand how far behind I am. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. Um Yeah. Coulson's I'm, not I'm now Coulson. picturing you. I'm laughing at you like trying to figure out what the fuck's going I, on absolutely no way like how is that person more important now like i don't understand but yeah. mac is the director of shield or whatever well, is left mac of... i get who, the girl that ran fast yo-yo yo-yo or she didn't run mm-hmm. fast she just didn't she just go from point a to point b and then back really quick like could she uh, go yeah, from... she because basically the flash but only like on a string <laughs> So, she could run super fast or do But she had to go back to the fast. starting point. Uh, yeah, exactly. She could only go so far before it just kind of, she got tethered That's back to her starting point. why her name is Yo-Yo. I get Boom. it. Boom. Sold. Gotcha. And why does she have robot hands? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Watch the damn show, Evan. <laughs> I have to. If she you haven't watched the show, took her thumbs. this is a lot of entertaining stuff. Lots of fire and explosions and... What's his name? Not Michael Michael Clark Duck and just stuck in my head. No, it's Clark Craig. Yes, he's on top of a truck, riding it badassly. It's I I don't know what's going on, but it damn well looks entertaining. So if you're yeah, the show is real good, and I'm real interested to see how they incorporate uh, the end of Endgame into this. Are like, they? What, well, yes, the, yes. So Shield does yeah. do tap into the this um, the, sh- the show theaters. follows the movies, but the movies don't acknowledge the show. Right. And the last season ended like just prior to the snap in Infinity War. Okay. So we don't know what happened in the and the show hasn't been back since. So we don't know what happened to these characters in terms of. So <laughs> theoretically speaking, this stuff happens. Post snap, is that what we're theoretically, saying? Theoretically, yes. Okay. Mm, interesting. All right. I don't so. know. It looks good for Shield stuff. I'm gonna ha- have so many things I have to get caught up on. <sighs> and it's too much. Moving on from there, something that I was in the throes of watching. Deadline.com brings me the news that yes, Cobra Kai has been renewed for season three by YouTube. So it has renewed its one show apparently. Does YouTube have other shows? I don't even know anymore. Um, I'm enjoying what I'm watching of season two so far. As am I. Uh, Very, very much. I don't know. I'm trying to think how many episodes in I am, but... I only have one left. Okay, I'm not that... I think I may be like two, maybe three in... um, But it looks... it's, It's good stuff. They're doing right by, you know, that that feel that you get from watching something that was from your childhood 
that's new. It's they're they're playing on it. They're doing they're doing good. Uh, it, it, it's but that's uh, the reason I like that show so much is that it's more than just playing on the nostalgia. It's it's very smart and it's dealing with some very interesting themes. Uh, and the way it showcases what these characters would be like later in life in a in a realistic manner mm-hmm. and especially with season two like i'll you know throw up spoiler warnings for anybody who hasn't yet watched season one season two incorporates john crease who mm-hmm. was essentially like a cartoon supervillain, you know <laughs> like That's very true and he and his introduction and at least first episode showing was very much cartoon super villainy he's in character and they um they make sense of that in this season and um you know whether or not because you know the first season has a lot to do with kind of character like johnny lawrence you know who grows up to be a douchebag who was a douchebag when he was younger can a character like that be redeemed and um the whole this whole thing with crease just takes it a step further because like you learn and and you know the by the end of karate kid and especially at the beginning of part two that you know johnny lawrence was a douche but a lot of that had to do with his influences and that's really Mm -hmm. what this whole show is about is the influences of adults on kids um especially mentor figures and watching all these kids go through what they go through um just changing uh, as people from the influences in their lives. I think this show does an absolutely incredible job of showcasing that, you know, while still being the somewhat ridiculous thing that it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I can't say enough good things about this show. Every single time I finish watching it, I just can't believe how good it is because it's one of those things that, how is this even good to begin with? Right. right? <laughs> it's like, surprisingly good. <laughs> Yeah, it is genuinely, shockingly a very, just really well done show. Um, I'm constantly amazed. What by it. what I like about this show is is it, the the points that are like story changing. Like you're like, wow, like that was a moment. Mainly come from the children in the show. Like mm-hmm. there's there's a scene where um, so oh, Jesus. Um, I can't remember the not what not William not William Zapka. What the, what's the other guy? <sighs> Ralph Macchio is sitting there. Danny, Danny, Danny. <laughs> Ralph Macchio as Danny is talking to his daughter about what they need to do to take down Cobra Kai, and she just flat out looks at him and goes, "They're not my enemy. They're my friends. Like these are the people that I grew up with. They're not the villains." Mm-hmm. There's something and we have th- to figure that's out a lot what to of do. what this this season plays with is that whole notion of like getting caught up in this kind of thing and then kind of having to recognize that you know people are people and mm-hmm. it's it's more multifaceted than that and yeah you know, I don't want to ruin by the end of the season where it goes um but I will say that this show being renewed for season 3 now I haven't seen the season finale yet mm-hmm. but I really like where a lot of these characters are now and I hope that they don't try to drag this show on longer than it should be. Okay, um, I see what you're saying. Because, like, there's... A lot of this show has me rooting for Johnny. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just because, you know, he's... They show him in, in a, show in a very like different he's, light. 
yeah, he, you want him to make good decisions for a change because, you know, even just to, you know, from the nostalgia of the original karate kid movie, like, you know, when Kreese told him to sweep the leg, he wasn't thrilled about that plan. Nope. And, you know, by the time it was over, he was all like, you're all, you're all right, Danny. I'm sorry. Which of course he didn't really feel that way. You know, that he's all right. He's still, you know, harbored a whole lot of grudges toward him, but you learn more about that character and all that business. But yeah, I don't, I'm I'm hoping that this doesn't go a whole lot further. I'm hoping this show has a resolution in mind, mm-hmm. and they take it there. But if the quality of seasons one and two are um, any indication of what the, the this show these showrunners are capable of, then I'll take as much of it as they give me. I just would really rather they tell the story they want to tell, um, and let it and let it cut end it in there, a good yeah. way yeah that makes sense because they did some, they did some really really impressive callbacks in this season um to the characters sh- the i never thought i would uh, callbacks to all three movies okay um to characters i never thought i'd see again and you know attempting to humanize someone like john crease uh and make sense of that type of personality uh just you want to see characters make the right decisions in shows like this. And a lot of times you don't get that, but then sometimes you do and you just can't help but cheer them on. Like the, uh, it's 10 episodes in the season and they, you know, I watched the ninth episode over my lunch break today. And just, there were some very, very simple things that happened between some of the characters that just, just damn near brought me to tears because I was so happy that these characters were not being stupid and I talk about this on TV, about TV shows a lot, where characters on TV shows are just stupid for so many stupid reasons. And I get this a lot of the like the CW superhero shows, where mm-hmm. it's just like just talk to each other, just have a conversation. Don't don't be TV. <laughs> and I I like it when shows don't be TV. You know, they just go ahead and do logical. I like things. it when like, my TV shows aren't TV shows. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes oddly that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Uh, and it's, I mean, I haven't seen as much of this as you have, but it just struck me now that we should probably be making our 10-year-old niece, who is really into martial arts, watch this show. Maybe. Definitely watch the original Karate Kid movie. Don't know. If, yeah, maybe. Mm, 10 years this old. This show is great. Mm. It's, um, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a decent chunk of language in this, mm. but... <laughs> I think it's like a hard PG thirteen kind of language, though. All right. So, yeah, no, actually, yeah, actually, could take he this says show. he he calls the kids pussies a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of that, but it's also like it's very much part of, uh, I guess, explaining his personality in that it's not gratuitous. If you if that makes any sense, you know, when he's when they he uses that language, it's displaying that this kind of person is not right you know what i mean like he's never using it in a way that you want to cheer him on like yeah those guys are pussies it's always like this character still has a lot of growth to to go through Mm -hmm. and you know obviously hawk hawk is his own thing (laughs) that is that is a character that is completely fascinating and i can't I, i i'm I can't wait to see where his art goes from here because that's, that is a really, really interesting character. That's the one with the Mohawk, right? Correct. Gotcha. (laughs) He was the nerdiest of the group at the beginning of the show. I remember him. Cute. All right. Well, there you go. Get another season. Hopefully it'll keep on its run. Um, Next up from animationmagazine.net. 
Ren and Stimpy, Powerpuff and Powerpuff Girl artist Chris Riccardi mm-hmm. has died at the age of 54. I, why were we talking about him very recently? Were we talking about Chris Riccardi recently? I could I could have sworn we were, were talking, talking about, about the artists of Ren and Stimpy and Powerpuff Girls. I feel like there was a previous news article maybe a couple of months ago, but recently. Um, I'm ringing a bell. I'm having a... Now that you mentioned that, I don't know if it was this guy specifically, but it was somebody associated with Ren and Stimpy who was like outed as a you know terrible man. Oh, it was John Chris Falusi. There you go. The oh, okay. creator of Ren and Stimpy. That's what uh, it was. Okay. Who is not this person? Not this just guy for at all. Absolute clarity. Um. Yeah. <laughs> definitely not. This guy. He. he all right. I. D- did it say how he died? I believe it was a surfing accident. Okay. All I know is is this guy has been has touched upon so many amazing cartoons. Like he's going to live on forever. I mean uh Beanie and Cecil, Tiny Toons, Ren and Stimpy, Dexter's Laboratory, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, My Life as a Teenage Robot, Chowder, Regular Show, Wander over yonder. I'm not familiar with that one. SpongeBob SquarePants and The Simpsons. Like that's like just to name a few. That's a lot. So he and his his animation vision have touched upon a lot of people. So as they say, big bucket of win. We are sad to see him go. There's a couple of um within the article. I mean, of course, there's the still of Ren and Stimpy, which is very recognizable, but they also show his unique style of other artwork, and it's very unique, very interesting. I like it quite a bit. It's a shame. I mean, quite young. Um, Sad to see him go. But he will be remembered, so. He died doing what he loved. So, I'm assuming if you say it's he says an avid surfer and then the next line is he died doing what he loved. So there you go. Yeah. I mean, that's, this is a big bummer for me just as a uh, tremendous animation fan and you know, was a big fan of the original Ren and Stimpy. It's a, it's a huge bummer. Cause I know that name. Um, I don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of his career, but I do know that guy's name mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's a, it's a real bummer, but he That's also helped in the creation of Transylvania, uh, Hotel Transylvania 3, all right, but the Lego Ninjago movie, Lego Batman, SpongeBob, and he was a concept artist for, if I'm not mistaken, the like, the original Lego movie, so, and Cloudy with a Chance to Meet, like, Megamind, Monsters vs. like, he's touched a lot of animation, so, will be missed, but, all right, next up from TVLine.com. Busy Tonight is canceled at E. Now, I feel this was a very short-run show, but then it says that she did over 100 episodes? Yeah, it was, a, I think, Monday through Thursday nightly talk show. Gotcha. So yeah, it was, it that's was how a she late so, show. But it did only start in, I think, October last year. So she, I mean, I did not catch a single episode of this. I don't know anybody who has, so I don't know if it was good or not. Um, but she did tweet out that, you know, um, she, she is beyond proud of what she built and she will be trying to find it a new home. Apparently E was not the right place. So good luck to her. Um, 
Yeah, I also saw her say on Twitter today that uh, she, and along on the same day as the news of her shows being canceled, she was also nominated for a Critics' Choice Award for Best TV Host. So, hmm. <laughs> uh, I, this may have not been the right spot for the show, but does not necessarily mean that she wasn't good at what she was doing. <laughs> and that's a, that's a shame because you know. If she's getting the Critics' Choice Award or nominated for it, mm-hmm. it means she must have been doing something correct. Exactly. So there's um, yeah, this is a. Uh, I was reading uh, something on Twitter from Frank Frank Conniff uh, that I thought was pretty interesting. Frank Conniff was a TV's Frank for Mystery Science Theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a very outspoken individually uh, individual on Twitter. He's very interesting to follow. Um, but he had a pretty decent point that um. It seems that uh, like late night talk shows, um, if a dude is hosting it, they usually get to stick around for pretty much indefinitely until they find their audience. Like, right. you know, terrible ratings be damned. You know, late night talk shows just kind of get their business and and they they get to keep rolling unless doesn't it's a matter woman or if it's mediocre. Yeah, and the fact that this show wasn't really given a chance to catch on the way that it could have. It just kind of speaks to the industry to an extent. And I don't want to be that guy who's like claiming everything is sexist. But, you know, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's probably sexist. So <laughs> Ducks are, you know, universally known sexists. It's very I mean, true. Jesus, Scrooge McDuck alone. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Scrooge is a, a national treasure. Scrooge is very progressive. <laughs> and on that note... From HollywoodReporter.com, Star Trek franchise expands with dedicated CBS Studios group. So apparently they're making so much new Star Trek cap that they have to just devote a group of people to it. This is You know what I like about this story? Go ahead. I like about this story so much is that um, these people clearly have not been paying any attention at all whatsoever to what just happened to Star Wars. (laughs) <laughs> like none, none at all. They're just like, hey, you know what we have on our hands? We have ourselves a hit TV show. Let's make an animated series. Six more TV shows. See if we can get to get some more movies in the works. Now, reboot. Disney. What else can we reboot? <laughs> exactly. Disney, on the other hand, buys Star Wars for I don't know eight billion metric tons of money. And like, we're going to annualize this thing. There's going to be a Star Wars movie every year. And what happened? Star Wars fatigue. Now, I'm not saying that this is something that I necessarily suffer from. But when we have a Han Solo origin movie that's pretty decent, but nobody needed to see that story, like, you see what happened there? We had Star Wars, this amazing evergreen brand, and they kind of drove it too much. So now they're putting the whole thing on hiatus. Meanwhile, these guys are like, Star Trek, this new show show's doing pretty well. Let's make all the Star Treks. Yeah, well, part of what makes Star Trek special is that it's special. It's not everywhere at all times. It's you and know, it hasn't been have... for a very long time. It's been one th- standardly one thing at a time. Yeah, and like we had Next Gen and DS9 running together for a little bit, uh, and then you know Voyager kind of right on the heels of that. And you know, look what happened. We wound up with Enterprise, which was you know while it had its positive points, I liked Enterprise, but at the end of the day. That kind of crashed the series until the J.J. Abrams movie reboots, which was kind of a different animal in its own right. Like it's Enterprise it was, was the Bacula one, right? 
Yeah. Hmm. It was Star Trek, but it wasn't Star Trek. You know what I mean? Like, it was a brand new flavor of Star Trek. I'm just, I'm fascinated that they're looking at this and saying, let's go, let's throw as much money as we can to make all the Star Trek series. Like, this isn't a good idea because Star Wars just did this. (laughs) Yeah. And I get that it's not a good idea, but I also see CBS going, oh my God, young people are suddenly watching our channel for some reason. Let's do whatever we're doing. Let's do it 8,000% more. <sighs> young Sheldon still on the air. Is it? Oh my God. I don't think it's been canceled yet. I hate CBS. <laughs> uh, God, I love doing this show with you guys. All right. And finally... <laughs> From the Hollywood Reporter, Megan Amram mm-hmm. signs overall deal with Universal TV. Um, I was not familiar. I'm not familiar with this woman's name, but I am familiar with some of her work. So she's a writer. She's written on. If you've watched anything in the last five years that's funny, she's probably had a hand in it. <laughs> that's what. Like as I was reading this, I was like. She's had her hands in a lot of funny stuff. Uh, Parks and Rec, The Good Place. I mean, those are some Specifically, really... if you enjoy the food-based restaurant pun names on The Good Place, that's all Megan Amram. That's her specialty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she also recently had a critically acclaimed web series called An Emmy for Megan, which she made specifically so that she could get an Emmy. And she got two Emmy nominations for it, didn't she? She sure did. There she goes. Look at her. So, I, I've congratulations to her. Hopefully, mm-hmm. we'll get. I hope she sticks with her funny because she's good at funny. Like that. Stay with it. I'm hoping that this deal will yield her because she's always been a writer on things. I'm hoping that this will yield her being in charge of her own thing because I'd like to see what she does on her own, out like out from underneath the umbrella of other showrunners all right well there you go here's hoping so all right that's what i got people thank you so much for joining us for our our news segment chris yes it's time for your spiel oh well all right then. hold on clicky click clicky click no i'm not clicking scroll i clicked the cl- i clicked the clicks scroll i'm here i'm Fli- looking right at it right now what are you looking at I'm looking at the words that say that you can get in touch with us at mailatgeekade.com as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook at Geekade, find us on Instagram at Geekade, subscribe to our YouTube or Twitch channels for all our latest video content, follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade, or follow this show specifically at Twepcast. You can also find us individually on Twitter. I'm at Geekade Chris, that's Geekade K-R-I-S, and Karen Nevener on uh, Twitter too. Karen, where are you? Shoot underscore the underscore moon. And Evan, where do you pretend to be? Geekade underscore Evan. I think I'm going to try to concentrate on Instagram because I do. I can do that. I still don't understand Twitter. Fair enough. If you're interested <laughs> in more information about anything we discussed tonight, be sure to check out our show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Or if you're super nice, you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com for more fresh original content. Back to you, Evan. Thank you so much, sir. It is your turn. What is our homework for this week? Well, I got to say, I really wanted to bring up Cobra Kai because, like I said, I've been enjoying it on a profound level. Uh, mm-hmm. I've just been loving the heck out of it, but I really don't know what specific episode to pick. So I'm going to say that uh, we're, we're going to come back to Cobra Kai at some okay. point. 
I don't remember what made this pop into my head last week, but uh, it definitely did. Okay. And uh, I, I think it might have been the Sonic the Hedgehog movie that we were talking about briefly. I, I don't know. But uh, this is an episode that has been stuck in my head for a very, very long time. Uh, and I haven't watched it in probably since around when it aired. Oh, boy. So I am going to say that we're going to watch In Living Color, Season 1, what? Episode 12, Conspiracy. Season 1, Episode 12 of In Living Color. Wow. There's a throwback for you. It really, there's a, a specific Jim Carrey segment in this that has stuck with me since it aired. And... Uh, I'm very curious to see how well this all holds up. All right, people, there's your homework. What what was the the episode title? Did you have one? Conspiracy. Conspiracy. It's a conspiracy. A C O N spiracy. In Living Color, season one, episode twelve, conspiracy. All right, people, there's your homework. Thank you once again for joining us. Ah. <sighs> From all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Evan. I'm Karen. For the honor of Grayskull. Good night. And this concludes our broadcast day.